Josh Hawley won the Republican primary for attorney general by a huge margin. And now he's turning his attention to the general election against Democrat Teresa Hensley. The Columbia Republican joins us next to talk about that on another edition of Politically Speaking. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, I think that is fair to say. say, hands to kiss and babies to shake. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think my record speaks for itself. That's a really good question. Hello and welcome to the Politically Speaking podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. I just finished chewing a delicious cookie (laughs) successfully. Joining me in studio in St. Louis is... TMI, this is Joe Manis, my colleague. And returning to our show for the second time... Josh Hawley, candidate for attorney general. The Republican nominee... Right. We were talking before the show, a margin that was surprising, I think, even to you a little bit. Well, you know, we, we won the primary by 29 percentage points, as it turned out. And uh, that's those are the kind of surprises you like. Well, what do you attribute that to? The reason I'm asking, because I'm going to move forward here, what do you attribute that to? And what do you think that says about your case going into the final month? Well, I think it says that people are tired of the political class and that they are tired of the political establishment. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, people want someone who's going to stand up and fight for them, who is not has not spent his or her entire life running for one office after another. And uh, I think that that is exactly the same case that we're going to be making. That's a big contrast between my opponent and me in the general election. Yeah. Now, I know uh, Hensley already is highlighting the fact that she's been in the courtroom a lot. And that you have not, which you had acknowledged during the primary. And there's also been some talk about the fact, and this again, this came up during the primary, but I think it becomes a bigger deal in the general election. Your ads so far, many of them have focused on you taking on Washington. And so some of the questions have been, well, do I mean, from the critics, do we want the attorney general doing that? Obviously, your supporters say, yes, we do. I'm just interested in what your, why you decided to go that route and... What sort of feedback are you getting about that? Well, I think that uh, facing Washington dysfunction and pushing back on Washington dysfunction and bureaucratic overreach is one of the most important things the next attorney general has to do in order to protect Missouri consumers and taxpayers and farmers and to improve our economy. I mean, the way I look at it, Joe, is we are 43rd out of 50th in overall economic growth in Missouri in the last 10 years nationwide, that number has got to change. That is a devastating number for Missourians and Missouri families. And part of what the AG has to do is when Washington is lawless and not abiding by statutes and out of control, the AG is supposed to do something about it. Well, I mean, how? I mean, the AG is our law, chief law enforcement officer. How would that be dealing with our economic growth? Well, take for example the clean power plan that the present EPA is attempting to implement. They do not. They do not have congressional authority to do so. A series of attorneys general have brought suit to stop it. If this plan went through, Joe, it would double energy prices in our state. Now, imagine the effect on that to working families, to small businesses, to farms. Ditto for the EPA's efforts to regulate rainwater and water usage on farms. These are things that are devastating to our economy here in Missouri. And again, especially, especially for small businesses and working families. And that kind of dysfunction out of Washington has just been an avalanche. And the next AG has got to be able to stand up to it. My opponent doesn't have the experience. It doesn't have the desire to do that, I will. Now, over the weekend, you released one of the strongest statements condemning Donald Trump's 2005 statements. Uh, I'm, that's that's putting it mildly. 
And my question is, A, why did you decide to release that statement? And B, do you still support him as the Republican nominee? Would you Are you disavowing your support for him? Well, you know, I have my, my statement on Friday night uh, said that his, his comments and his behavior are inexcusable, indefensible, uh, and uh, I stand by all of that. I haven't changed my mind on that. And that is the last thing that I have to say about Donald Trump or this presidential race. I mean, this is, I, I am not running uh, either for president or to be a commentator in the presidential race. Right. And so I've said my piece on that. Uh, my statement, I stand by it, every word of it. And uh, I'm going to talk about the issues now that are facing Missouri, uh, including standing up to the next president, uh, whoever it may be. Now, have you gotten any pushback on that? I mean, I uh, had I, I was at a forum with John Hancock, the Republican Party chairman on Sunday, and that's where he disclosed that Friday night after it came out, he had called all the candidates. He said in many cases he got voicemails, but but he did leave messages saying, do whatever you got to do. And so, I mean, that's kind of the... He's not trying to bind everybody together. But I'm just wondering from the rank and file, because many of the conservatives, especially social conservatives, some of whom have really um, been attracted to Trump for various reasons, are also attracted to you, different reasons. But, you know, in other words, you both of you have some of the same pool. So have you been getting any pushback from that? No, I have not. Uh, no, I, none at all. And, and uh, you know, I think here, here to my thinking, here's the key question about the attorney general's race and the presidential race. And that is, is the next attorney of general of the state going to be willing to and ready to stand up to the next president of this country uh, if he or she takes actions that threaten this state and that are outside the bounds of the law? And the answer is, I will and my opponent will not. And by the way, I'll do that regardless of who the president is. If it's President Trump, so be it. If it's President Clinton, fine. Uh, my job is to protect the people of Missouri, and I will. But you are one of um, this will be my last Trump question, I promise. But every Republican statewide office holder and every congressional person endorsed Trump, including yourself. I wanted to just ask again, do you rescind that endorsement after these comments? I'm going to let, Jason, my, my comments on Friday stand, and they are my, my final word on, uh, on, this, on this race uh, and uh, certainly on his uh, comments and, and behavior. I don't have anything to add to it. Now, what do you see, especially going to the final month, uh, the, the key issues that you're going to be highlighting? And, I mean, we haven't really seen that much. I mean, I'm sure it's coming as far as attacks between the two of you. There haven't been that much. I'm assuming they will be. So I, I'm just curious how you see these last few yeah, weeks Yeah, especially compared out. to the primary, which was like a, a game of rock'em, sock'em robots, basically. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> Well, I, I think the key issues are protecting Missouri, standing up for Missouri farms, families, and businesses. My record of doing that and my plans to use the Attorney General's office in that way and cleaning up corruption in Jefferson City, which we've talked about before that when I've been with you and which I think are hugely significant. You know, my opponent and I just have very different views of these things. I mean, she has, uh, she has no plans uh, to stand up to Washington dysfunction. She has no experience in doing it. You know, the Attorney General's office is an office that is – uh, an office involved in complex civil litigation, an office of a couple hundred attorneys. Uh, my opponent has no background in that. She has no background uh, in the federal appellate courts, hardly at all. She has very little, uh, if any, appellate experience and zero experience at the U.S. Supreme Court. So uh, she, her background is not one that is well-suited to this office and her views. I mean, she is 
out of step with the people of Missouri. She favors the things that are holding the state back, higher taxes on business, more regulation of farms. She's a great proponent of increased health care regulation like Obamacare. These are the things that are making Missouri uh, that are holding back our businesses and our families. And I think that's got to change. So we just disagree on those issues. What do you think about the idea of the attorney general being the entity to investigate any situation where a police officer kills somebody? Well, Jason, there's a, there's a, we do have conflict of interest statutes on the, on the books uh, that uh, speak to that in the current environment. Uh, I, I am leery of any automatic conflict that any time there's a police officer that it would take that case away from the local prosecutor. And, and here, here's why I'm leery of it. It's, be, it's because of accountability. We elect our approximately 114 county prosecutors or district, well, prosecuting attorneys, we call them in Missouri. We elect them and we do that in order to hold them accountable because they have the primary responsibility to prosecute crime. Actually, they do, not the attorney general. Uh, they're vested with criminal jurisdiction. And I'm very nervous about any statutory change that would move that authority away from the prosecuting attorneys and therefore the people and centralize it in Jefferson City. Because I think what you get is a loss of accountability. They become one of those things that, well, whose decision was it? Well, it wasn't really mine. You know, the office reviewed it. They don't really know who to hold accountable. And so when you have situations where you think, well, this person ought to have been prosecuted. Well, you go to the county prosecutor and she says, well, it was the attorney general's decision. The attorney general says, well, we invested. And I, that's, I think, what we want. Well, it's avoid. interesting because that view is actually very similar to the current attorney general, who I think told me flat out he's opposed to something like oh. that for that very reason, the accountability aspect. And that's I right. think that U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill agrees with that, too. So this is probably a rare instance where you agree with bipartisan agreement. Yeah. Now, um, one of the th- oh, OK, the polls have shown things tightening. And and I have I'm leery about some of the polls of Missouri. Are you talking about the Monmouth poll? Yeah, but we're not going to get into specifics with only four hundred people. I know. <laughs> Look, I, would you let me ask the question? Because I'm just talking about in general. Sure. I'm not talking about any specific poll. I'm just teasing you. Good I know, continue. no, no, because I was ranting and raving about why we should not run any things on these poll, on this poll just a little bit ago. Okay. But that said, often polls at least can give you, if there's several of them, they can give you a hint if things are closing. But I, I don't ascribe to small uh, sample sizes with huge margin of, margins of error. That said, the reason I laid that out is that there's the possibility that you could end up being attorney general and you may have a Democrat, Chris Coster, as governor. Now, the last eight years... Um, Coster and, and Jay Nixon, both Democrats, they weren't necessarily best of friends, but they often did see, were, were like-minded on many issues. And so if you're elected and Coster's elected, how would you approach dealing with the governor of the opposing party, especially on some issues like expanding Medicaid, where he's on one side and you're on the other? Well, you know, I have to be faithful to my oath that I would take if, as attorney general to uphold the, the laws of Missouri, the Constitution of Missouri, and the Constitution of the United States. And I take that oath independently. I, I do not work. The AG does not work for the governor or for the legislature, for that matter. The AG works directly for the people of Missouri and is accountable to them. So that to say, I'd have to chart, I'm obliged to chart an independent course for the office if I am elected. I would hope to work with whomever the governor is. Of course, I anticipate it's going to be Eric Greitens, but uh, whomever the governor is, I would hope that we would have a good working relationship. I certainly see no reason to think otherwise uh, if it is Attorney General Coster. 
Um, and uh, but you know, I, my responsibility is to execute my office uh, for the people of Missouri, and I can't allow the governor uh, and his preferences to sway me, regardless of who the governor is. That's true if it's a Republican, too. Well, I want to ask this. This is more of a general question. But if you are attorney general, you are going to be seen as the top law enforcement officer in the state of Missouri. And I think that with that title, and especially over the last two years where there has been this expose of this big divide between African-Americans and law enforcement, people are going to look to you for leadership and guidance to help bridge that gap, so to speak. I'm interested in your philosophical approach to how you're going to make Missouri's African-American citizens feel more comfortable with law enforcement. Even if you're not the person who ends up effectuating policy, I want to know philosophically what you're going to do. That's a great question. I think it begins by by saying this, that it should not be in our state or anywhere, certainly not in our state, that because of the accident of your zip code, you may be subject to random acts of violence every day of your life, your whole life. In other words, it shouldn't be that just because you're born in some area that you just have to, to live with the fact that, you know what, I'm just going to be subject to violence my whole life, and somebody may take away from me everything that I have. Uh, that is wrong. And I think it is time that we got focused on, and it would be my job as Attorney General to focus on the fact that our mission is to make every neighborhood community in this city safe, or in this city, in this state, safe, and to bring the benefits of the rule of law, peace, order, stability, to every neighborhood. And I would say that is a common, we ought to make common cause together. Missourians of all backgrounds, rural, urban, black, white, Republican, Democrat, because violence harms the most vulnerable among us. It, it harms the poor. It harms those uh, with uh, the least education. And, and it prevents people from, from moving up in life and making something of their life. So the way I see it is violence is our enemy. And we have to work together to make sure uh, to bring the, the benefits of the rule of law to every, every community in the state because every Missourian deserves it. And that's the kind of focus that, that I would have. And I think law enforcement should not be seen as the enemy. Law enforcement is a partner in the fight against violence. But as you allude to, I'm not naive. I mean, there are too many communities in the state who think that law enforcement is part of the problem of violence. And so we've got to work on redressing that. But we need to focus on that. violence is, is the enemy. Violence is what is holding back uh, uh, too many people in these communities, in our communities around the, around the state. Now, the Attorney General's office has for years been in charge of um, the it's, it, it monitors traffic stops by race. I mean, it focuses on things related to that, whether or not minorities are being disproportionately stopped. If you're attorney general, would you be keeping that? Would you be maybe revamping that, revisiting that? I'm just interested in your thoughts. Well, I, th I think the attorney general's office is, is obliged to do so by statute, uh, I think. So, yes, they uh, are. Yeah, yeah so, but you could change the procedures. Is what well, and I think, yeah, and I think that, um, I, I think it's a valuable informational tool, tool. I think we should try to expand the jurisdictions who participate in it and try to get the best statistics we can, because I think it helps, in, if nothing else, it helps tell us what the state is of stops and arrests. 
if I remember correctly, 2009 was actually the high, and so they've been declining, as stops have somewhat. Uh, but uh, they're still significantly more than, say, in 2001, when I think the reporting started. So we, we need accurate statistics, and it also helps us to address this problem of have different communities to understand the perception. Why is it that some members, particularly the African-American community, many perhaps, feel that law enforcement is part of this violence problem that I was talking about? So I, I think it's a, an important tool. Um, I would want to see it continued, uh, made as efficient as possible, and that is part of the broader effort to how do we ensure we are getting the best possible policing for every community in our state so that every person Uh, in our neighborhoods and cities can say, we have the benefits of the rule of law. We have peace and stability so that we can make something of our lives. So you mentioned agriculture. I want to just get a sense of when you're attorney general, because you do have the endorsement of the Missouri Farm Bureau, I I believe. I do. So give me a sense of what your philosophical approach is going to be in the agricultural realm and anything specifically you'd want to model your office to to help farmers or people who who work in the agriculture space? Well, it's so important because agriculture is our number one industry, of course, in the state of Missouri. And as somebody who comes from a a farming background himself, my one entire side of my family are farmers, still are, uh, and have been since they came to this country. Uh, It's something I'm familiar with personally. And I think the Attorney General's office has got to do more in standing up for Missouri agriculture against the sort of dysfunction that we were talking about earlier, the EPA's dysfunction. I mean, I can't emphasize enough just how wacky these EPA regulations are and how unauthorized by statute they are. The EPA is well beyond its statutory bounds. So agriculture, Missouri agriculture, needs an Attorney General who's going to go to bat, intervene in the federal rulemaking process, go to court when necessary, uh, and then also help here with agriculture cultural conflicts in the state. And here's my philosophical view, Jason, and that is that farmers, we should we should trust farmers. They are, in many instances, the best stewards of the land. So we need to enable them, empower them, uh, cooperate with them. I think too, too often uh, regulators see farmers as the enemy. You know, they think that they're stupid or that they're not, they're, they don't have the right values in mind. That just isn't true, I don't think. And, and so the attorney general needs to be someone who's advocating uh, for farmers, uh, for our farms, and heck, for our number one industry in the state. Now, the states that have been challenging the EPA and other, and other federal agencies on such issues have sort of a mixed bag of results. In many cases, they've spent a lot of time fighting him, um, a lot of money, but nothing's happened or they've lost. Um, how do you feel that you could, A, change that and not come under fire from critics who say that you're spending state money on going after windmills, in effect. Well, you know, I I, I think that in, in two cases in particular, two of the big ones, Waters of the United States, that's the one that regulates farmers' use of water on their land, and then the Clean Power Plan. In both of those cases, the state attorneys general have been successful. They've gotten injunctions. And I think that, look, this is my this is what I do as a lawyer. I mean, my background is in uh, federal law, appellate law, complex civil litigation. This is the bread and butter of the attorney general's office. This goes back to one of my disagreements with my opponent. She has no experience. Set aside standing up for farms, which she won't do, and, and uh, she's in favor of more regulation. She doesn't have any experience in actually doing any of this. I do. And so I think that, you know, you've got to choose your cases wisely. You've got to litigate in a smart way. But I think that I could bring significant experience and leadership in that area. Excuse now, me. Now, were, were you surprised or not surprised that some of the police groups have gone with her? 
And what do you think that signifies? Well, the only one I'm aware of is a is a, a unionized group, and I'm not look. She's my opponent has the support of unions. She's going to. She has the support of trial lawyers. She's going to. I'm proud to have the support of sheriffs across our state, of prosecutors across our state. We have a huge coalition of sheriffs and prosecutors all across Missouri, again, urban, rural, uh, from all backgrounds, uh, who are endorsing me rather than her because they they get it that they need an attorney general who's going to be a partner. Uh, who's not going to try to do their job for them, but is going to partner with them uh, to bring the rule of law and its benefits to everybody. Now, I'm I got I, I got to ask this question because this was in the Post-Dispatch yesterday. I'm reading the John Combest version of the headline, which is a bit snarkier than the actual one. Why is David Humphreys investing in Josh Hawley? Because he wants to bribe incoming AG and influence a class action lawsuit. That is not that is not the real headline. That is what John Combest wrote. But to be to be candid, that is basically the insinuation of Messenger's article that David Humphreys and his family have given you lots of money because they want an attorney general that's going to put them at a more advantageous situation in a lawsuit. Um, it said in the article that you were traveling and couldn't respond. I wanted to give you a chance to respond to that, right? Here. No, well, actually, it. it uh, I did. I talked to to Tony, and yeah. and I'm quoted in the article, yeah, so okay. I think it was about uh, somebody else he he interviewed. But no, look, I mean, th- that's. Uh, uh, Tony is 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 grasping at straws, and uh, as I said to him, and will say to anybody, I'm I'm uh, proud to have the support of people from all across Missouri, uh, and I my job is if I'm elected and I take that oath of office, my job is to enforce the law impartially, no matter who. It's to enforce our statutes, no matter who's affected, and I will do that. And there's no evidence to suggest to the contrary. So, I think it's uh, he's reaching there. Now, okay, but. You have gotten a lot of money from Humphreys. Now, your opponent in the primary had gotten a lot of money from Singfield, so, and I wrote about that many times. So, But it, let's say the campaign donation limit measure uh, passes on November 8th. Um, I'm told within days then it would go into effect, even if there's court challenges, allegedly. As Attorney General, A, what's your view on it? And B, it may end up... Uh, I mean, your office may end up being involved. I'm just interested in your take on that. Well, if the if the voters pass it, then it will. And if I'm elected attorney general, then it'll be my obligation to defend it, and I I will do so. Uh, that is, you know, that's that's the job of the attorney general, and it doesn't uh, matter what you think of individual laws. You know, now if you think a law is blatantly unconstitutional, then you're obliged to tell the court why. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it'll, I will defend the law that the people pass. And if they pass contribution limits, that'll be the law of the land. And when I take office in January, if we have to defend it, we defend it. But some of, its oppo- some of the opponents of this have said it's unconstitutional because it prevents certain businesses from being able to contribute to campaigns. If, if you're attorney general and you're obliged to defend it and you're a constitutional lawyer, as you said in your ads, are you going to have some problems being able to vigorously defend this law if there if you agree that there's constitutional problems with it? Well, I don't want to I don't want to prejudge any litigation, uh, Jason. It would be uh, improper, probably, for Indeed. me to, to discuss uh, yeah any any future potential litigation. Uh, so I'll, I will avoid that, but just only to say that look, it is. One, one of the things I think that is dangerous that has become more common in the last seven, eight years is you've seen more and more AGs say, well, you know, I don't really like this law. I'm not going to enforce it. Hmm. You know, or I'm just going to tell the court, well, we're just not going to enforce it. I don't think that's the job. I mean, the job is that uh, if you can't enforce something in good conscience, then you probably oughtn't to be attorney general. Um, so my job is to defend the law. And if the people of, of the state pass the law, I'll, I will defend it. All right. I want to actually ask you about that because I asked your opponent something relatively similar. Let's say the Missouri legislature 
legislature drastically changes from Republican to Democrat while you're attorney general. And they pass a law that basically erases every abortion restriction imaginable. And there's a lawsuit over that. It's pretty obvious from talking with you, you are opposed to abortion rights. It's a deep core belief of yours. How would you approach defending that sort of situation. And in the, um, just to make sure I have the hypothetical correctly, it, w- the, they it would get rid of the, they, they make abortion more widely available? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so when you're, your question is, let's say somebody challenges that law, what would I do? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I'd be obliged to defend it. I mean, that's the, you are correct. I am pro-life. It's, it's very important to me personally. Uh, I think that uh, Roe versus Wade is wrongly decided. However, um, the, the, my oath of office requires me to uphold the law. And right now that means upholding and working to defend the laws that Missouri has uh, relative to abortion. Under your hypothetical, if they change those, uh, I am, again, I'm obliged to defend those I'll to admit, the extent that I can. I'll admit that is not a likely hypothetical. Not likely. It, it's actually probably the opposite because of the, because of what Joe's about to say. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, I'm going back, since I'm a lot older than Jason, back to the 1980s when Bill Webster was attorney general. And Bill Webster was very vigorous in um, advancing, trying to get more restrictions in place, trying to... De- help the General Assembly, which was passing some restrictions that judges were arguing over. I mean, there are several landmark decisions that are like Webster versus Reproductive Health Services and others that I covered at the time. Mm. So, but I, I, I think it's unequivocal that in Missouri's history of the last, since abortion was declared um, constitutional by the U.S. Supreme Court, that Bill Webster was probably the most aggressive attorney general Missouri had in trying to get these restrictions in place. Uh, so if you're attorney general, would you be going taking the Bill Webster model of trying to help the General Assembly if they put more in place, which is more likely what would happen? Exactly. I mean, because there, there are some proposals around the country to either uh, make abortion illegal after, I mean, some are even like six weeks or some trying to t- making a test case to challenge uh, the Roe v. Wade d- d- decision. I'm just interested in your thoughts about how you will handle this. Well, I, I think the answer is, is it will. I will give the laws that the legislature pass passes. Uh, I will give them the, the best absolute defense that I can, as I'm required to do. Uh, and uh, you know that that that's true whether it's abortion laws or campaign finance laws or you name it. Um, so you know, I, in terms of, of, of being more or less aggressive, I mean, I think the AG is always obliged to give as as a, aggressive and vigorous a defense as he or she possibly can. Now, at this point, heading into the final weeks, do you expect to have do do you things do you expect things to get testier in the last few weeks? Oh, I suspect they will. <laughs> I suspect I, su- I suspect that. Uh, that my opponent will not uh, will not allow things to go as they are uh, currently. Uh, so you know, look and uh, part of politics. I'm a lawyer. We and as lawyers, we believe in the adversarial process. There's nothing wrong with with having a a, a good vigorous dis- discussion on the issues that we disagree on. She and I disagree on a number of things. You know, I, frankly, I think her background of of constantly seeking office. I mean, my opponent has been running for office until uh, since she first graduated from law school. I think she's run six or seven different times. 
you know, that I think is is not the kind of background that the people of Missouri want or need. We've had attorneys general whose goal in life is to move on to the next thing. And I, I think we need something different. So we're going to prosecute those differences, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. Uh, prosecute those differences. What, what a way to segue to the we – we've asked you this question before, but one thing I'm sure she's going to say when she comes on the show, she's scheduled to come on next week, is that she has experience as a prosecutor and you don't. And that's one of the reasons you should, uh, you being Missouri voters, should elect her. I want you to respond to that. Yeah, well, you know, prosecuting crime is is absolutely hugely important. That's why we elect our prosecuting attorneys. It's not really what the attorney general's office does. Uh, she does not have the background that is relevant to running the attorney general's office, which is federal courts, constitutional law, complex civil litigation, nor does she have the inclination to fight the fights that need to be fought in order to protect Missourians. The other thing I would say, Jason, though, is that she was uh, appointed prosecutor as a political favor by Governor Holden after she and her family gave multiple campaign contributions to him, and then the voters fired her in 2014. So she's running for office based on experience that the voters said, or performance that her own voters said wasn't very good. So I think it's a strange pitch. She was elected several times during that time span, though, right? And also ran for multiple offices while she was prosecuting attorney. She ran for Congress. She ran for the state legislature. She she may have run for judge in there. I mean, it's hard to keep up. But one of the things she said is that uh, uh, in one of her debates in 2012, she said, I don't really have anything else to do. And, you know, voters took note of that. And so I think the voters who know her best and have seen her prosecutorial experience said, we're, we're not in favor. You didn't do a very good job. So are you swearing off running for any other office in the next, in the, in the recent future? Because, and I, this may seem like damning you with faint praise, but I think one of the reasons you may have gotten a lot of attention and so much a torrent of people trying to stop you is that a lot of people see you as a potential governor candidate or U.S. Senate candidate. Are you just writing that off? Here on this show? Well, here's what I'm saying, Jason, is I am running to be Attorney okay. General of Missouri, and and, and that is, uh, that's the job that, that I want to do, and th- that's the job that I have my my sights set on. I'm not running to, to get this job in order to do that or this or the other thing. Yeah, but how do you feel? I mean, you've been a newcomer, and I, you are considered one of the stars, if not the star, uh, uh, within the Missouri Republican Party right now. A lot of people are talking about you, you know, because you did so well in the primary and just your fresh face and all this and that. How do you deal with some of that? Well, I think you keep focused on the job at hand and what I'm running to do. And one of the things that, and you, you all have heard me say this, one of the things that irks me is folks who, they're not really interested in the job they're running for. They're interested in two or three things down the line. And then they get elected and they spend all of their time trying to get elected to something else and doing something else. I'm running for attorney general because I want to be attorney general, and I think we need an attorney general who's going to stand up and defend the people of Missouri. And I think I have the background to do that. It, it's an exciting job. It's an important job at a, an exciting time for our state. And I'm running to do that job, not to do something else. Well, we appreciate you coming in again. Uh, for all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And how would they? How would the people of Missouri follow you on social media? My Twitter handle is Holly Mo H-A-W-L-E-Y Mo, or you can visit us at joshholly.com. Very good. We'll be back next time. Until then, so long. Boom, 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 boom. Judgment comes for you. When judgment comes for you. What you gonna do when it ain't nowhere to hide? When judgment comes for you. Cause it's gonna come for you.